and that is going to be for Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan, which just ended, final season, all wrapped up, uh, highly anticipated, uh, people really looking forward to it, and we're going to be talking about did it live up to the hype. Um, some people consider this the, one of the best animes ever, um, Even not even just animes, one of the greatest television shows ever. Um, so I'm going to pass the stage. He's really uh, in love with this show. I'm going to let him describe the plot of Attack on Titan, and get into the final season of the show. So, Sage, uh, let us know about Attack on Titan. Yeah. One, one small thing before I even get into the plot. Uh, I don't know if you, if you had heard this, but this was uh, this show actually won an award, I believe, in it was 2022 that this happened, just last year. Uh, but it won an, some sort of international award for being the first non-English language TV show to be the most in-demand TV show globally. Wow. Uh, so that's, more that's, than, I mean, that tells you some, wow. something about its impact, at least, for sure. I can't believe it beat out even something like One Piece, huh? Yeah, yeah, at least at least for that year. Uh, or, well, I guess it was the first time something non-English language ever won that award or was ever in that position. So it does say something about the impact it's had. But yeah, uh, no, uh, totally correct. I, I'm a big fan of this. Um, watched it right about when it first came out and i've been coming along for 13 years with it now um you know it's hard to talk about a lot of it without giving into too many spoilers but i think you know we start off with a what you know the series of walled cities there's giants they're kind of zombie like coming in and they there's a big tragedy to start things off and it spurs the characters on to join the military and try to kind of rid the world of these monsters and as the show starts to kind of peel the layers back it's it's much more about you know the monsters that people are uh, and the way that human beings treat each other and abuse each other uh and that the 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 you know literal monsters are almost tame in comparison and uh into the the crimes that human beings will commit against one another yeah. Um, and it follows a protagonist named Aaron Yeager, um, is who you'll see in the show. Um, your boy uh, comes from a small village. You mentioned there's a huge disaster that happens uh, at the beginning of the show that spurs his intense hatred of these titans, these beasts that you see in this show. Um, Somewhat reminiscent of Hiroshima, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of parallels that you can draw there to real life. Um, and Obviously, Hiroshima was big for Japan and its culture in terms of inspiring lots of works of fiction, most notably probably Godzilla, uh, things like that. Akira, too. Akira. Um, well, actually, I'm sorry. Godzilla was from the uh, atom bomb. I'm sorry. Not really from her. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hiroshima. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. For inspiring much a lot of the fictional events there, um, there and a lot of culture there. So yeah, so you have Aaron Yeager, who you follow, and then his, uh, of course, with any anime, you got to have a trio. They love the trio, yes. you know. They so you got to have his, that. you know what I mean, his other besties there, uh, Mikasa, who is his uh, friend, and then you have uh, Armin, who is his other best friend. Um, and then, you know, they have a duty, they like, they have a close friendship, and they join also the military with them. And then it's something called uh, the uh, scouts is something they want to be heavily a part yeah. of. Because the scouts are the people that are on the front lines, and they go, and then they go outside the walls 
Um, and there's these huge walls here, and each wall has a different name, like Wall Maria, as we see at the beginning, and that's the one that gets knocked down there. That's the one that placed there. Um, and it turns at first the show there is your traditional shonen anime, I feel like, and this is uh, Ant right here. Hello there, Ant, if you can get his stuff there. How you feeling there, man? Um, I don't know if your screen's black there, but um, I'm going to come back. Oh, yeah, there you go. I don't There's know what's going on. What's up, man? How y'all how y'all doing? Good, man. Good. How are you doing? Just in time, man. I was just setting all things up here. Got a great lead off from Sage about this, about Attack on Titan. So I'm just, you know, for people who've never seen the show before, everything like that, I'm just talking a little bit about it. Um, I'm gonna pass it to you in a second a second and allow, allow uh, you to introduce yourself there, Ant. Um, so yeah, um, like I mentioned, yeah, so you know, the scouts, part of the military there, and it, you know, it starts to like a very traditional shonen kind of figure there of like you know, big monsters and this young, you know, protagonist who has a chip on his shoulder because of his events in his past. You know, he wants to take on these things, and you're following him with, the, you know, with him for that. Uh, but then, as the series kind of goes on, more things start to unravel. This, you know, politics start to more come in, especially in season three. I've been binging the show. Uh, I just started binging it when uh, after the final episode happened. Uh, it was done. I just started binging the entire show, so I haven't finished it uh, yet. But um, we're gonna get it. We're still gonna get into season four there and delve into things in season four. But we're gonna do a spoiler review later on in uh, Monday. There, we're gonna do a spoiler review there. If that's okay with you, Ant, uh, if that's fine there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh. So yeah, we're gonna be doing that there. But uh, yeah. So you you kind of see it. So more things start to kind of come up there. You know, this mystery starts to unravel, as Sage mentioned, about more of the evil of humanity. And there's tons of real life comparisons that you can kind of bring in the real world there. And then in terms of especially propaganda uh, and uh, the military and inspiring new generations to fall for this propaganda, to hate uh, other groups of people. So it's, it's a, you know, very much a show I think you can have a lot of different conversations about um, and really get into a lot of things. Um, and the, it, also the mythology of the show of the Titans and where they come from, you know, it's not such a simple thing and simple answer. Maybe when you first think about it, um, and, you know, Sage has mentioned before, if you, you know, have finished the show, maybe it's worth going back, rewatching it, to catch other like hints and things like that to follow through of, uh, other things that kind of get revealed later on. Uh, but I'm going to pass it to you, Ant, uh, if you want to introduce yourself, let people know, uh, all about you, what you got going on. Um, and your thoughts on Attack on Titan, the final season. Absolutely. So, um, uh, my name is Anthony. I write comic books. I, I made a manga recently. Um, as so the writer. Man. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my opinion on Attack on Titan, I think it's the greatest television show, um, you know, maybe, maybe ever. I, I truthfully believe that. I think, um, when you look at it, it you right you, you said it. It starts off as kind of like a typical shonen, and then not not just every season. Every season is kind of broken up into two halves. Every single one of those seasons is like a different, almost like a different genre. You know, like the first season season is almost like a war movie. The second uh, a war war. Um, anime i guess the second half is almost like more horror you know the second season is it it, it takes a, a really crazy structure where it's like out of sync everybody's doing different things the third third season is almost like a a, a born-esque 
uh, almost like a political thriller. And then the the back half of the of the third of the third season is its own little thing, and you get the four you know the four different parts of the season, and you it it works from beginning to end, and you can also kind of just consume these arcs as their own little individual story. You can kind of pick up wherever you want. So I think it works on every level that a TV show needs to. Yeah, me, I didn't really start really loving this show. I don't think until probably season three. Uh, and especially season three, um, where you meet kind of these, uh, you know, you've already met them already, but you know, Commander Irwin, Captain uh, Levy, people like that. And like, it was towards the end of season three, and like this chess game that's going on between the Titans and between, you know, the uh, uh, you know, Don't say it. yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, the military there that we see there, um. I guess I mean we could spoil obviously things leading up to season four obviously because okay yeah we can spoil things yeah up there um, but just not season uh, season four itself I think gonna... season three is definitely where it takes off I think that's where it kind of elevates from you know the beginning of season three where it's like okay this is a political thr- thriller and then the end of season three where it's like okay we really know what the story is about I think that's uh, when it when it when it steps up significantly in quality. And just the way the Titans, you know, are used in this show, uh, they're almost treated like nukes, almost. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it helps to have your own, you know, Titan in, in this war that's kind of been going on, that's been raging on. Um, and it kind of how elaborates on that. Uh, but, you know, Sage, you want to get into, um, I guess, things leading up to season four, uh, you know, and kind of where we are there? Yeah. Well, I actually want to piggyback off of what you just said, because I, I think there's a really interesting theme uh, present in the show uh, right there, kind of at the end of season three. And I think uh, it's kind of it kind of pulls in this commentary about the nature of how warfare changed going into World War One. And you take the things like gas weapons and kind of the shift in technology and almost the Titans almost feeling like humans being outdated in warfare uh, and i think there's a really really interesting uh element there because there there is this fear right for these for these people based based on that you see how technology is kind of starting to outgrow these things and it, it uh it yeah it feels like this really fascinating kind of transition from the age of a primitive spears and swords and medieval weaponry to gas and planes and the things that the Geneva Convention had to be written to prevent, you know? That's a great, I never thought of it as a World War One metaphor. It's obviously like, um, yeah, I think you can read into like the Israeli-Palestine and, and Nazi Germany as well. That's that's really, uh, yeah. that's really astute observation. That's, that's uh, I, I, I think, th- oh, sorry. I was going to say real quick, that's like one of the best parts of season four is when when it just drops you into this whole other show and yeah, it's like, yeah, we're kind of the Titans. They, they're almost like it, it's almost like the queen on your chessboard. Like you kind of have to be careful how you deploy it. It, it was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's a strategy it. to it. Yeah. And then even at the beginning of season four, like there's a scene where they introduce and you see them just dropping people out the sky. Like they see dropping just Titans out the sky here, um, like bombs, um, how they can just be used that way. Um, and so in, in case you haven't seen, like, we're going to be doing spoilers, at least for the first three seasons, you know, um, there, but in case you hadn't seen that, you know, 
you know, I don't know why you'd be watching the season four talk if you haven't seen the other <laughs> but you know, but just to let you know. So the Titans that you see in the show that at first that you think they're just these, you know, zombie-like creatures with no minds, other Titans start to appear that seem more intelligent, that seem like they have a consciousness, and it turns out that these Titans, all of Titans used to be humans. Um and they were transformed in, into these things. And then there are some that can retain um, their intelligence. Uh, you have certain names of certain titans in the show. They have specific names. Like cause it's almost like this anime is a mix of various different. It's like a mech anime plus it's a horror anime plus it's a political anime, um, you know, war anime. So the mech aspect comes from these people who like people who turn into titans. Uh, they have to do it by hurting themselves. They, so they, some will cut themselves or bite themselves. Like Aaron specifically bites his hand, um, and he'll turn into a titan. So that's how usually people do that, and then that's how they'll become. And then Aaron's titan is a attack, uh, a founding titan plus a attack titan. He's got like five. Yeah. So by the end of the series, when you like a titan, when you, a titan can kill another person who is also a titan and gain their titan ability. Um, you know, there's like a colossal titan, an armor titan, a uh, jaw titan. So he's, some specifically have names. Um, it says you want to get into more of the kind of mythology behind the titans, where they come from, things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, that that all kind of unfolds right in the same part of the story that we were talking about just before, right? It kind of all cracks open at once at the end of the third season, and you get this story about like a 2000 year old race war essentially uh that is involved with empires and the titan race itself it, that's the i think the great twist of the story is that the people in the walls that are so you know when aaron first shows himself to be one of these things they're so afraid of him they're so they have such animosity towards him and then that the twist is is that the collectively these people are the race of titans and so they have this ancient history that goes back and you know they're being oppressed right now by a people that they supposedly oppressed for you know a thousand years before and you you get these dueling sets of propaganda uh you know you get one side you have oh this little girl was uh made a deal with the devil and became this horrible monster and just ruled over the world with tyranny and then you get another group of people saying no she was a goddess that built up the world and you know never did anything wrong and had this perfect altruistic history and so you, you get these you can see right away that neither of these stories is entirely true or false uh, and I, I love how they pit these two sets of propaganda against each other. Um, and, and to kind of to link that into uh, the political parallels that are the historical parallels that we were just talking about. Obviously, you know, tech wise, time period wise, you have ar the armbands, very World War II. Uh, you can see some Israeli-Palestine conflict in there as well. Um, a good friend of mine um, that grew up in China and, and moved here in college uh, was telling me when she watched it that she saw very much kind of the opinion that a lot of people in China have about Japanese people based on the war crimes that Japan committed during its imperial stage in World War II. Uh, and then I think, you know, we really boil it down to the actual ethnicities, the, uh, the Marlians, which is the kind of 
currently oppressors uh, very much represent the Roman ethnicity and the Eldians, which are the Titan race, uh, very closely represent the Celtics that the Romans wiped. So it's, I think, you know, sometimes I see people get a little caught up in, oh, it's, you know, trying to be this, it's trying to be World War II, or it's trying to kind of say something about a specific point in time. And I think, I think that is, um, you could see that, but I think it's a little surface level. And I think the more interesting way to look at it is that it's about more about applicability. It's about a broader sense of cycles and how people oppress each other and treat each other throughout really large scale uh, historical cycles and how things bubble and explode and calm and re-escalate and change dynamics in terms of who's in power. Yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of really good stuff there. I think if if I were to, I think that's a great point about it being broad. I think maybe maybe a couple things you could point at Attack on Titan. That it's not flawless, right? Like it's definitely not a anything trying to be anything trying to say this much, right? Like it, it it's going to be flawed if not heavily flawed. But I do. Reiner think, transferring his consciousness out of his brain is like the number one thing I think of. When that's you say that. that's rough. I think like a lot of the first the. It does have the shonen syndrome for the first two seasons, for sure. And then uh, the four—I mean, break the the pacing in the four season, breaking it up in the four parts was 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 insane. But um, no historia as well, and like the last, the basically the the four season at all was crazy. Um, but any, I'm not trying to go through all the bad things. But I think like the ide the ideology is a little bit um, by design. I think a little bit convoluted. I think, I think his point stands, but I think, like, I think Americans are pretty much like, you could argue on both sides, you can argue like kind of like adjacent, or you can argue completely removed. And I think if you're, you know, one of these, these groups that is like going through this stuff currently, or, you know, like more recently, I think it, it's, um, it could be, I don't want to say problematic, because that's a, that's the easy thing to call it, but you know, it could be a little dicey. Hit too close to home. Yeah, especially. Yeah, I, I think so because, I mean, you could. I'm, and this is the thing, right? Like, we can't even argue the ethics of Marley. Like, we can't. We can't take a pro Marley stance for argument's sake without. No. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's. Yeah. So it's it's without it getting a little uncomfortable, right? So I think that's maybe that's not a huge deal. I do think like. If you're looking at this, if you're looking at this and trying to like use this as like they couldn't debate this on real time with Bill Maher, like it's just too it's too broad. But I think if you look at it as like you said, kind of just like a cycle of you know talking about the cycle of violence, I think it I think it's brilliant, you know. Um, and I think the characterization as a as a war. As a a piece of uh, what this is basically is is a is, is a piece of war fiction. Um, how many TV shows? How many TV shows are able to develop? You know, both sides in a conflict like this much. You know, to where, uh, you know, and and for the other side, for the Marley side, you spend three episodes with them, like two and a half. Um, really, and, and that's and then you get to know the characters so well in that time frame and you you are oh even the titans that we've been killing oh man these are you know real people 
um, it's it, it's it's uh, amazing character building, I, I think. Yeah. And the beginning of season four, because uh, at least I've seen that. I've seen at least the beginning there. Um, and you're like Ant mentioned, you're introduced to these whole new set of characters. You're introduced to the Marlins, uh, who are you know that's the other side of the conflict that there. We've been mostly spending through the last three seasons, spending all the time with the Eldians, who are the Eldians are the race of Titans there. And you see the Marlins and you see the propaganda on them, you know, and how they look at the other side. And it's like they live, you know, to them, you know, they said the, the Eldians live in a paradise. You know, they live in a space all to themselves uh, and up there. And then you have, you know, some Eldians who are with the Marlins, who work for the Marlins, who are used there in their conflict. Um, and, you know, you see how severely looked down upon they are and treated poorly. Out slaves, there. basically. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, I was just talking about, um, you know, uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the trailer for that. And if you remember the, the last movie, I was talking about the last movie, War of the Planet of the Apes, and you had the certain apes that were working with the humans. If you ever seen that, it's kind of like that. It's kind of, you know, house apes. It, you know, yeah, you know, you got some house, uh, you know, house Eldians there. <laughs> oh, uh, no. oh, no. I mean, house, um, uh, yeah, Eldians there that are working for the Marlins there. And you see that, you know, in this conflict, you know, they are going to just send, it's basically they're treating them as like they get strap bombs to them and going to have them just run out there and just, you know, get slaughtered there. Um, 800 of them, you know, just like that. They're just going to sacrifice 800 lives. You know, that's how little in value that their lives are in this. And then they're doing all this to one day, you know, be treated as a moral. And you just, and I thought that was fascinating there, you know what I mean, of seeing that. Like we've seen all this, you know, uh, for those three scenes to see this from this other side. Um, I thought that was really well done. Um, the creator of this, uh, uh, of Yama. the Hajime Um What, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about it before, Sage. You know, what what's some of his inspirations for this show and, and make behind it? Yeah, well, I, you know, I can uh, cite right away and one that might even seem obvious, especially if you've watched the whole thing. But Breaking Bad, I know I've heard him say. Was really? Definitely. I think you can definitely see it in the protagonist's character the shift of the, that character arc as it goes on um i know that uh i know that at one point game of thrones though i also remember hearing him be one of the people that was complaining about the ending to it uh that so makes that more sense though game of thrones that, yeah, that would yeah. lead to him being more involved in it and i want to make a point i'm gonna put a pin in that but oh yeah no absolutely um but uh and then one that you know i have not never heard him say but that i have all have felt at least for a long time that i see a lot of in there is uh dune and the i think and aaron yeager if i'm gonna go you know what other fictional characters does he really remind me of paul atreides is like the first thing i think of. especially if you if you kind of know the largest because i don't want to spoil other things here but if you kind of know dune and the story of Dune and how how that kind of plays out. Uh, yeah, I, I see a lot of that character in there. Um, but actually, I want to even pull back uh, to like you know really broad kind of ancient storytelling even. Um, but I think I really see a lot of the myth of Sisyphus in in this story. Um, I think a lot of this feels like. You know, for all the uh, political elements of the story and the war drama elements of the story, I also think a really big element of it is Greek tragedy. Um, I think this is written 
to me, it feels almost fully written in this. It's like a war story set in the style of a Greek tragedy. Um, and I, I think that the the idea of Sisyphus, right, rolling that boulder up the hill forever and never being able to accomplish that task, I think that really represents the idea of the, you know, unending cycle of violence that this show spends a lot of its time focusing on. I think what's interesting is um, there's a lot of, I don't know how old uh, Hajime, I mean, I think you would call this like a newer generation of, of manga, but I mean, it's still pretty old. I mean, I think what the, the anime came out in 2012, but... The book um, started in 2009, I believe. 2009, yeah. So I think the Breaking Bad is probably, is, is, I mean, yeah, I think that makes sense. Even, I think... The, what you're seeing with the new manga, I think this applies to Demon Slayer. I think it applies to JJK. Any map of production, Chainsaw Man, you're you're seeing like a, a Western influence in terms of like media. Like you're seeing Tarantino, mm. you're seeing Breaking Bad. I think um, Game of Thrones is a big one. And by the way, uh, young guy, he's 37 years old. Young 37, yeah. I mean, so I'm I think 30. He was 21 when he started it. He was it's it's a it's a real good possibility. He was I think I think Game of Thrones and Attack on Titan were kind of step for step in that when they first came out of like, oh, who can kill off more main characters? And I think <laughs> these newer generation manga are pulling I think I think pulling the best from the Western and the Eastern and making this stuff that has the pacing and structure of and and sometimes tone of something like a Tarantino movie or or Breaking Bad or what have you but having like also having that other foot in like you know the eastern stuff um and I think yeah like the, talking about single nature of violence I think the story I mean you could look at like a a triangle of like dune of influence between dune and game of thrones and uh, attack on titan um as well and uh yeah i mean i i think if, if there is something to compare this to i think it's game of thrones like if the, if there's one i think the breaking bad one is interesting but i think like breaking bad almost feels meek nowadays you know like it almost feels like a quiet show compared to like game of thrones or like some of this i mean the boys you know this um i think i think game of thrones is probably like the 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 best example i think Speaking about, I think Breaking that's a Dead. good point too. What um, point? Oh, Go ahead. oh, just just that the idea of it being one foot in the Western world and one foot in the Eastern world, and kind of learning from, uh, kind of the, yeah. the best or most appreciated of both, and kind of mixing elements together to really create some some really interesting new stuff. Yeah, so it's because Mappa <clears throat> is, did, did this thing, did Chainsaw Man real quick. If if the Chainsaw Man is that guy is like a fan of the Coen Brothers, he's fan of Tarantino. He's, mm -hmm. I mean, he's definitely he's got to be a fan of Breaking Bad. So it's like, yeah, I, that's what kind of illustrated when I saw Chainsaw Man reference Reservoir Dogs. I was like, okay, yeah, like it, it, the world has gotten so small at this point that everything is everything essentially. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You mentioned Breaking Bad. You mentioned with the protagonist of played by Brian Cranston and Walter White, um, who you know is on the Mount Rushmore of your anti-hero uh, in shows. There, you know, with like people like Tony Soprano or people like maybe Omar from The Wire. Um, and much like with those kind of characters, and with the character of Aaron Yeager, very polarizing fix um, in the anime yeah. community in the anime world. Um. <laughs> 
and you know some people idolize him some people hate him um you know what what is kind of your opinion now that you, the show is done of Aaron Yeager and when it comes to in terms of just anime protagonists you asking uh, who you asking I'm asking uh I'll start with you Ant I think I actually I I I idolize Aaron Yeager in context like I mean genocide is is fucking terrible but I like he, how driven he is you know like there's nothing getting in his way and uh, I, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm gonna throw out a hot take out here. I like his art better than um, than, than uh, Walter White's because Walter White's arc is very non-linear. It's it's kind of like he wants to be good, he wants to be bad, he 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 wants to leave, he kind of wants one foot in. You know, Aaron's is a straight. It's you you can really trace everything throughout the arc and and. You can trace when he gets radicalized. I mean, the first, I mean, they have the, uh, the first, the first episode, like, had, like, they reference it in, like, the last season, part two. Um, So I think, I think it's a matter of taste, but I think, like, I, I would put Aaron at the top of the anti-hero pyramid just because of that, because it is a consistent through line. Um, there, there is no moment where he's not, everything leads to this, you know, um, as well. So I think he's supposed to be conflicted. I think that's a good thing. If, if everybody was like, oh, this Aaron guy is, is spitting, then I think that'd be very disturbing. So I think it's good that it's divisive. I think he's an incredibly well-written character. I think. Uh, I can I admire certain things about him, but I think like ultimately, like yeah, he's uh, he's pretty, pretty he's a wild dude, man. Uh, what about you, Sid? I see. It's interesting. I I think I think there's I think there is nuance to apply to his character for sure. Um, I think the way I would describe it is that I I don't like him. But I, I pity him, kind of in the same way that I pity Oedipus Rex. If that makes sense, um, there there is a, you know, there's this this concept with with him where he, he's a, uh, it's you know I I I really I think the uh, one of my favorite lines of any story is uh, Doctor Manhattan in Watchmen saying I can change almost anything, but I can't change human nature. I think that applies uh, quite well uh, here, and I think I think Aaron himself as a character is is kind of a living philosophical paradox where he is both victim and perpetrator right like it and that's that's part of the point of the story right as you, you take a character who you can you can sympathize with at a certain point and then you intentionally take him to the point to draw because i i don't have sympathy for him uh by the time you get to the you know where where it goes but i think but i do have pity pity and i think <laughs> yeah I, I have i have pity i think I think he is he is there's an there's an element of him that is so you know innately corrupt on like an inner spiritual level and I think the part of it that is a tragedy where I think you you can find sympathy is that he's he's so like that on a base inner level that he 
you know, I think there's, you know, there's an element of, of kind of, of some fate in play in the story. But I think that's really just a, a more of a metaphor for the fact that he's incapable of fighting his own nature and that it yet it is his nature to fight. And so he's so he is a paradox inside of a person that and, and he's chasing this nebulous idea of freedom that he doesn't even 100 percent understand. He just he just wants it um, almost acting on like animalistic instinctual levels. Um, and so like, I, I, I pity him because he's, he's incapable of denying his own violent nature, but I don't, I don't like him. Do you hate Marley? Like, cause I, I find myself really like, I, I think I'm sympathetic just because like he got radicalized, like literally, I mean, it's like the best thing. It's like, yo, if, if his mom doesn't get eaten, like, you know, but I, you could also argue, I think this is a complexity that like. His event, like the the course he took, did like it. Man, it's it's so it's you get so whenever you have pl genocide as a plot device, it just it gets so nasty. You don't want to say anything any credit. I I'll pivot off of that, but I hated Marley. Like I found myself like not the individuals, but just oh, the, they're, they're the, Nazis. They're not. Yeah, I mean, yes, like I, yeah, um, they're not. But it's also like, bro, y'all could have fucked, y'all could have stopped this. Like, y'all could have, like, y'all could have, y'all didn't have to do, you could have left him on the, bro, who knows how long, like, if, if the Titans, if they just didn't send over the Titans, like, how long would it take them to even make, like, I guess, I guess having sent the Titans necessitated them to be, like, um, like, have the walls and stuff. But like they were so far technologically, they didn't even have trains, bro. Like they weren't gonna, they weren't fucking with y'all, bro. Like it, it was so unnecessary. Like, yeah, I, I hate, I hate Marlene so much. Not Marlene's, but no, Marlene. I totally do too. Yeah, I think, and I think you're on to 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 a great point there. And I think, I think that is a big part of what the show is is ultimately trying to to be is a is a cautionary tale, and it's like it's trying to say like, you know almost that like people need to push their own governments to not do things like this because there is going to come along that one crazy motherfucker that's going <laughs> to push that new button right like it's there is like the errands of of the world will exist and that is there is that is who they are on the inside like they're they, they are capable of that because it is within their nature to do it um, and they, there is a monster in in people like that. But there's also, if there was a larger effort from societies to treat e each other kindly, we could avoid the the moments where monsters like that get into power. I think there's an interesting parallel between Jaeger and Killmonger. For instance, I was talking to somebody about Killmonger, and I think one of the things. I think I think I think that movie kind of failed in my opinion in that we we don't really get to see what a killmonger Wakanda looks like, right? Like we don't get to see the implications, the social political implications of like somebody's news coming in. Do people agree? Do people disagree? But that's what Attack on Titan, I think we can talk about season four part two now. I think that's why one of the things I liked about season four part two, Jesus mouthful. Is that you got to see like some people were like fucking with them, some people weren't. I think most people were fucking with them. 
and you really get to see like, okay, what does uh uh what does Aaron's parody look like? And I, I want to praise the show for that as well. Um, and I think like all like I said, I want to emphasize like every part of the show is is fantastic. Um, Sage, I was curious like what what part of the show is your favorite? Like what what season? I'm partial to season four, part one. Once they get the once once they get the back to Paradis, and then also season three, part two, where they're battling against um the uh beast titan and uh uh and uh uh reiner and yeah i would say that the the kind of season the that like 28 episode stretch like kind of right before the two specials is my favorite area of the show that part one part two of, of season four because it does it does dig so deep and get so into the gritty details of it um, it, it and you know I think that's something I really appreciate about this this story is it, it it just refuses any sort of simple answers any sort of simple you know any any so, simple solutions that like fiction might normally provide in a lot of stories to make the audience feel good about it uh, it's it's kind of a, it kind of actively denies that at every turn I mean it just just take the basement reveal as like a conclusion to the more fantasy-based first three seasons of the story, uh, you know, you could you could easily see another anime have that build up and then have be like there be like a cure in the basement and it ends the story and they've taken care of the problem, but it's instead it's a whole new can of worms, right? Um, and I think all the way to the end, the show does a very good job of of never offering simple solutions. Nothing's ever easy like that because it's not easy like that in the real world. And I think that is the show itself is at you know it kind of is a takedown of Aaron as a character in its own way because that is what he is. He he is someone that is looking for a simple solution, a way to just solve a problem without doing the work of really kind of connecting human beings to each other in a real way it's just you know violence is an easy answer that's what i'm going to do to be fair he had exactly like what like 11 years when he he found that when he found that no and i mean he's in a tough spot like don't get me wrong like there there's a lot of trauma and tragedy that happens to him that i think makes him you know, you I think in earlier parts of the story, I think it's very easy to sympathize with him because it is horrible thing after horrible thing after horrible thing keeps happening to him. But I think when you, especially like on a rewatch, watch the whole thing, go back to the earlier parts of the story, I think it, it retroactively improves uh, the first like couple seasons quite a bit because there are oh these, yeah there are other layers and other stories kind of being told at the same time that you just you're just not kind of able to pay attention to the first time through. Um, but like one moment in particular I want to highlight is when uh, Annie, the female Titan, is chasing them through the forest. And Levi uh, says, he looks at it, he sees kind of the way he's like not quite following orders. He keeps trying to argue with what they're saying. And he goes, I see, I understand now. Aaron's a monster. It's not because of his power. It's because you literally cannot reason with him. And and Levi says that in you know that's like what the first in the first twenty episodes, and then in that moment, uh, Aaron makes the right choice to trust them, to follow them, 
and that backfires in his face and it gets all of them killed. And I think, so there are these moments that they kind of reaffirm his belief that he should be a trigger hair ready to just step in, take things over, commit violence, and keep everyone else out of it, and not to trust it. And I, I think there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for why his behavior is the way that it is. I think, but I, but again, I think it's still, I think the story is still trying to point out that this is still the wrong lesson he's learning. I can understand why he's learning it or why he's taking that lesson from these events, but it is the wrong lesson to learn. It's tragic. No, and I want to put out a couple things. Talking about Game of Thrones again, like the, the foreshadowing, I, I think a lot of the problems that I think early seasons of Attack on Titan had, and I, th I think it's similar to the same problem that Game of Thrones season had. It's like, they're just setting up so much. You can almost look at the parallel of like the White Walker and like the basement. It's like the, the, the basement is like such a big deal at the start of season part season one. And then you don't get there until season three. And like the white Walker starts, that's how game of Thrones starts. And then you don't see him until season three, like the end of season three, I believe. Um, and then the foreshadowing is crazy. Like literally, um, I mean, we, we can go all day about like the foreshadowing here and, and, and like how much this guy is able to set up and, and pay off later. I think this is a show that, retroactively gets better and i think it's the most rewatchable show of all time because i think you're going to catch something you know like i think you're going to watch it and be like oh shit like yeah like that that happened i mean something that blew my mind away was like that one episode where aaron can't uh he can't balance himself on the on the uh with the odm gear uh -huh. and then it turns out old boy like broke the the gear and then like he still he still overcame it and it's like it's it, and then it like that's a great moment like that's like a shonen kind of like all right yeah. i've seen something like that in naruto and then you recontextualize it and you make it even more impressive like you make it even more like to your point you're just and like i said i think this is why to to sage's point i think this is why i say this is like an incredible character art because he's he's leaving the trail of breadcrumbs like Aaron doesn't ever act out of character. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's never a moment where it's not building to the rumbling, essentially. Like, it's 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 masterful storytelling. It's it's incredible. I think um yeah, I think uh I think like I said, season three, part two is my favorite part. Also, real quick, I gotta go pretty soon, but like the the mileage he gets out of the world building as well. Like, I think I think Attack with Titan can be pretty convoluted. By the time you get to season four, where it's like, oh, we can't kill people. We have to have them be eaten instead of killed. Or, like, it's it gets a little silly. Um, And then, like, Annie, like, like Annie has, like, literally every, uh, the, the, the female Titan has, like, every power, essentially, like, of the, of the other Titans. It gets a little crazy, but, I mean... The, like the cart titan having guns and then you know the the colossal titan being a nuke he just gets so much mileage out of this premise um to just you you would think like you would think that it'd be really restrictive it's like okay there's nine there's nine titan types i don't we don't even see like i feel like some of them we don't even see that much like maybe maybe more some of you see more than others that's true um 
And then you're like, okay. And then everything makes sense logically. Like, oh, Zeke. I mean, oh my God. Oh my fucking God. Zeke, I'm watching, I'm watching season three. And I'm like, why is this dude throwing like the ball like a baseball? Like, that's a plot hole. And it's like, oh, his 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 mentor through base, it's brilliant. It's 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 genius. Like the little the the character details that he sets well, here's, up. Here's man. a small thing. Yeah. Uh on uh so like in the beginning of this very beginning, you you see kind of this image of all the walls and you see there's like a river coming from each of the four directions and mm-hmm. they flow inwards. That only happens on an island because water, the way that the gravity of the water gets pulled through, it can, it can only all get pulled to the center like that. If the, if it's like a small enough landmass for it to be an island. Yeah. I so, mean, this is making me want right to there. rewatch it so bad. Um, before you head out, Ant, um, final thoughts on season four, and if you want to give your rating on it. Oh, oh man, I, I think season four is a ten out of ten. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I think season four is, it's like Breaking Bad season four. Like, I think Breaking Bad season four is like a perfect season. I think Game of Thrones season four is a perfect season. Like, there you can nitpick, but when you really, when you really step back, like I said, I, I think the mark of a good television show is that it works. It works. It, it, on its own individually like okay these are great episodes these work um individually and then when you line them up the narrative as a whole becomes even greater and i think i think it accomplishes that and again like game of thrones and, and, and breaking bad were like had three year like three seasons of world building like attack on titan essentially started from scratch with season four like it, it was almost like a soft reboot and and it just hit its stride. I thought I thought it was incredible. I mean, I think. Um, and then the other two parts are obvious. I mean, I haven't seen the finale, but I, I just know it's good. I, I I read the manga. I think I think a lot of people read the manga. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, no. So it's 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 a ten out of ten, man. It's it's phenomenal. See, final thoughts rating for season four. You said what? I said uh, Sage. Final thoughts and ratings for season four. Then. Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree with uh, a lot of what you just said. Uh, I think, you know, uh, I would genuinely call it a masterpiece. And that is not to say that it doesn't have flaws either. But uh, that is to say that the that despite the flaws that do pop up along the way, the 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 thematic messages that it's trying to convey, the character arcs, everything ultimately comes together. And the big picture feels so conclusive and so much of it works that whatever flaws are there are, I, for me at least, very easy to forget in the face of all that it does right. Uh, this is, a, this is I mean, again, I guess twice today, give it the high, your highest rating of This is Cinema. Um, it is my favorite anime. Uh, the only other thing that even kind of sits on that shelf for me is like Cowboy Bebop, and that's kind of just those two. Um, yeah, uh, I, I could not have been happier with the final episode, which we can uh, get more into when we do the spoiler discussion. Um, but yeah, yeah. Incredibly, incredibly happy. So one of the rare shows in Attack on Titan, uh, and, and say said that ends on a great note, an amazing note um, for this show. Um, I, oh yeah. I'm about to say, I don't think the ending, I have problems with the ending, which I guess we can get to in the spoiler. Like I, I, I don't think this 
stuck the landing 100%. Like, I think thematically it did. Like, it hits the broad stuff really well, but the nitty-gritty, like, Aaron's plan and, like, it also has, like, the 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 fate element where it's, I think he wrote himself out of a corner or he gave himself some bail where it's like, look, my head is all screwed up, you know, like, yesterday's tomorrow, you know, uh, but it's not. You, it, you said you hadn't seen the finale, right? I, but I've read the manga. Like, I, I'm familiar. Like, I think, like, I get the, yeah. I, and I heard they improved on it as well. That's what I was going to say. Um, I had some issues with the final chapter of the manga. Um, like I said, I, I think of broad points done well. Yeah. Some nitty gritty details about it that don't totally work. Um, personally, yeah. uh, having watched the episode, I do think that they smoothed those issues out for me, at least. To where yeah. I no longer have those same problems with the anime version of this. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna check I'm gonna check that out. Yeah. Um, so that was our thoughts on there on season four. I still have to finish it, so when we do the spoiler review, I'll be all done with the show and I'll be able to give my full opinion on season four and the ending of it. Uh series finale there. But from these guys, high marks. Um, they both gave it perfect scores. Uh, this is cinema for the both of them for Attack on Titan, the final season. 